It's the first day of spring, March 20th, 2019. Welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's technology, innovation, and entrepreneurship. I'm Bert Lum. First up, Reynold Hioki, the state cybersecurity coordinator, joins us to tell us about the Girls Go Cyber Start program. And then we'll be joined by Dr. Seong Jung and Terry Hoke and Ian Kitajima from Altino. Well, they're all involved with Altino, the programmable car, and how it is helping students learn to code. First up, I want to welcome Reynold Hioki back to Bite Marks Cafe. He's the uh, cybersecurity coordinator, and he's uh, always involved with some new program. This one's called Girls Go Cyber Start. Tell me about that. Okay, Bert. Hey, first of all, great being here again. Uh, so Girls Go CyberStar is a program uh, that the state of Hawaii partnered with SANS Institute, which is probably the one of the top cybersecurity education training research organizations in the world. And so we actually did this last year, and we had some great results, and they're doing it again. So Girls Go CyberStar is really designed to give our uh, young women in high school the opportunity to explore uh, cybersecurity as a career field. And ultimately, the thought is once we do that, they'll they'll have an interest and pursue a career in cybersecurity. So you said this was uh, going on last year, so this is like the second year in a row. I mean, what what can you describe what the program is? is uh, what does it entail? So, uh, yeah, it, 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 ha- it, it occurred last year. A little plug from last year. There were 16 states that participated. Mm-hmm. They were fortunate. And there were nearly no... It was really not a competition like it is this year. It was really more of a contest, and I had access to all the all the measurements, the metrics, and so you'll never read this anywhere. But basically, uh, my feeling is we came in second. Mm-hmm. So out of sixteen uh, states, uh, state of Hawaii did very well. How many students did you have participate? Uh, last year, we had over three hundred uh, young ladies in in high school that participated. Wow! Uh, over a hundred teams in uh, our state and about 6,500 statewide, I think. Mm-hmm. And what age groups are you looking for? So this year, it's, it's specifically 9th through 12th grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're advanced, uh, as long as you made uh, 13 years old earlier uh, in February, when they signed up, initially started, you can, you can participate. So if you got a 14-year-old as a ninth grader, they can participate. So can you describe a little bit about what the competition is all about? What do, what do the, you know, the, the young ladies do? I mean, what do you have them go through in terms of competing? Okay. So uh, it's, it's really a great uh, opportunity for the, uh, the young ladies. Specifically, uh, there is basically two phases. I'll say three phases. The first phase is to sign up. Mm-hmm. So sign up started in February, and it goes till April 11th. So what's kind of confusing is that's just sign up. The assessment phase is called assess. It started today, and it ends on the 12th of April. So there's a little overlap. Uh, you know, uh, encourage all of the young ladies to sign up today and start it. And when you finish the assess, which probably will take for most uh, about an hour or two, mm-hmm. it's really just do you, are you interested in cybersecurity? Do you think mm-hmm. you want to play? Uh, that, again, ends on April 12th, and then April 22nd, the game starts called Compete, and it ends uh, on the 28th of June. So in terms of the assessment, what is it that you are asking? So what the assessment is going to do is some basic, uh, basic level things in, uh, you know, in cryptography, password management, uh, may- maybe a little programming, but 
not to the extent where you're programming, but just concept level. It's, mm-hmm. it's, the, way, the way I kind of explain to people is the Rubik's Cube, when that came up many years ago, uh, some people, you gave them the Rubik's Cube and they kind of just threw it to the side. And then others kind of jumped into it and, and figured it out and continued. So that's really what this is all about, the phase one. Is, is there an interest? And it's not anything really, really difficult. It's basic level mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. And in terms of competing, are the students competing just amongst Hawaii students, or are they competing as a state against other states? So, uh, good question. Uh, and it's very, it's a bit confusing when you read the rules and uh, what's happening, but it is actually at, at multiple levels. So, they are competing nationally. Mm-hmm. This year, there is 27 states participating. Uh, so, there's prizes at the national level, the top three teams and the, and the, and the schools kind of thing. But also, every state is competing at the state level also. So there's, there's prizes also at the state level, top three teams and so forth. And do the students uh, actually convene at a place where they all compete together, or are they all doing this online on their own? Yeah, it's all online, on their own, uh, distributed. Uh, the, the teams can be up to five, uh, five girls. They can, they can you know, come together as a team in a room, or they can work at home on, on headsets. Mm-hmm. It's really very, uh, very easy for them to do. So as when they have time, uh, they can do it individually. But uh, when you go into the competition, uh, you have to be a part of a team. And then the, uh, the schools, do they need a coordinator? Do they need, you know, or just students have to be, have the self-initiative to get involved? Yeah, so the, uh, there are, uh, I think they're called mentors in this program. But uh, you, you do need adult supervision. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, I know for last year, uh, their main purpose was to bring the girls together into one team and validate that they were actually, uh, you know, uh, qualified to be uh, playing. They were from that school and, this, and a certain age. And mm-hmm. that's, that's really to the extent what the, uh, the adults do. So is it part of your job to make sure that the, the mentors are already identified for the schools that are potentially participating? Not, not quite my job. That would be a, a heavy feat because, of course, we have uh, public schools, private schools, charter schools, home schools. Uh, but I, I've, I've tried to make it uh, my, my business to uh, engage with all of those so that at least they, they're aware about it. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I did send an email out to them uh, previously basically saying this is what's happening. And at the very end, if you have any questions, uh, I'd be more than happy to uh, to, to run it up with Science Institute. So real quickly, uh, where can people go to sign up? Because I think that's the first step. Yeah, to sign up uh, and everything else information-wise is at girlsgocyberstart.org. Very good. I'll put that up on our show notes. Thanks, Reynold, for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. And it's course, been a pleasure. And we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Dr. Jung, Terry Hoke, and Ian Kitajima. We'll talk about the Altino car. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to contributors Bush Consulting, Island Insurance, and Sacred Hearts Academy. I love Hawaii Public Radio. I listen to it 24-7. I wouldn't do my share to make sure the radio station stays on all the time. I do not want it to go away. I want it to live on for ever and ever. And if I can do my small part to make sure that that happens, I'm happy. Aloha. My name is Adele Rugg. I live in Kihei, Maui, and I'm proud to be a sustaining member of Hawaii Public Radio. 
Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. Now joining us, we have Dr. Jung, Terry Hoke, and Ian Kitajima. Dr. Jung is from South Korea and the inventor of the Altino car. And of course, Terry is a technology integration specialist over in the Nanakuli Wainai complex. And Ian is an innovator, instigator, facilitator, and self-described tech Sherpa over at Oceanet. Want to welcome you all to Bite Mark Cafe? Thank you so much for having us. How's it, Bert? Yeah, I saw you this morning. Yeah? I think I saw you yeah. this morning, yeah. So, Dr. Chung, I want to start with you because, you know, it's really an honor to have the founder, the inventor yeah. of Altino here in the studio. Yeah. And you've come all the way to uh, from South, uh, South uh, Korea and, you know, helping uh, Ian uh, and, and Terry with uh, some of their training, maybe observing what they're doing, maybe learning some lessons from them. But tell me, first off, what really inspired you to invent the Altino programmable car? Yeah. In my childhood, I'm interested in just making something to developing an mm-hmm. electronic component using. So, But I did not solve any kind of solution from the government and the other person. So I learned alone studying mm-hmm. in English, theory, and component, and mathematics, and science. So... I wanted to move the information to the curious person. Mm-hmm. So I make this, um, this kind of robot using the software coding. I hope the, the people are too easy to running software coding by the Artino, mm-hmm. I think. Well, you know, and what's interesting is that in South Korea, computer science is a required yeah. course and curriculum for students. Yeah. Where did you kind of make the connection between developing the Altino car and actually having it in some of the schools in yeah. South Korea? Yeah. Well, actually, we are not enough the resource, um, like uh, not having uh, oil. So we only just having uh, people. So we can make uh, uh, to running, to studying, coding, skill to make uh, some new product mm-hmm. and some like uh, you you know the, the Samsung LG some like uh, the uh, big company has only just making the TV and inside the software new programming and Galaxy cell phone also same so we can make a um, new product to make a skill mm-hmm. to implement mm-hmm. now Ian in terms of uh, finding the Altino car, right. and actually coming up with the idea that maybe it could be implemented in Hawaii. Where did, uh, where did that epiphany so, come from? Yeah, so our partners in Korea heard about us that were really involved with uh, education in Hawaii, and they basically said, oh, you'd be really surprised that in Korea we're going to make um, computer science a mandatory class. And mm-hmm. I was really just like, what? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And I was really amazed. So I thought, wow, what does that really mean for young people in Korea? And what would that mean for our young people? But then the more important thing in my mind, the question I had was, how are you actually doing that? Because the number one barrier to bringing computer science to students is there's just not enough teachers trained. And so that's when they said, well, we've developed these systems in Korea to train teachers. And one of them is Altino. Mm -hmm. And so that's where it was like, okay, I got to see this because – Because if if this thing really works, then we want to try this in Hawaii. And back in December of 2016, we actually ran a test here in Hawaii, and it was really successful. So when you you first uh, got introduced to this and you were 
looking at what was out there in the environment in South Korea as a tool to learn computer mm. science. Was Altino the only one or were there others? There, there's actually other ones. I think there's a total of six different systems out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just, our partners there basically kind of did the work for us and basically said, this is probably the best one there is. And so that's what we initially tested with. And again, it's like any test, right? We don't know what's going to happen, but the results or the the outcome of that training that we did was that people were really excited, and then then it was like, okay, now do we, what do we do? <laughs> was it was it at that point in time? Was it already uh, so translated into English? I mean, how much of a yeah? They actually effort. had done some. They had done a bunch of the translation work, but how they teach this in Korea is very different than how we would teach it in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. But it provided the basis for from which we then developed the curriculum or the or basically our kind of how we would teach it here in Hawaii. And that's where part of this is where Terry guys came in. And so one of the things we wanted to make sure at the very beginning was we wanted to make this something the teachers could do during their classroom time, that it wouldn't just be an after-school program. So Mm -hmm. we had to figure out how do we develop this curriculum so we can get it accredited by the DOE so that teachers could actually also get credit. We didn't want, so we wanted, we didn't want to make more work for the teachers, but we also want to give them an opportunity to earn credits so they actually could get a pay raise as well. Mm-hmm. Now, Terry, as a, as a uh, tech, tech uh, specialist, uh, where in the last two years did you sort of get involved with Altino? <laughs> so my Kaz and Mahi told me to call Ian Kitajima. And so I did, and that started the whole Altino path. And so when he told me what Altino was about and what he wanted to do, I told him, well, let's write this up as a, as a three-credit course. Mm-hmm. Because in Nanakuli Wainai, one of our challenges is retaining teachers, and we always have a turnover. And so we try to offer courses for our teachers so that they will stay with us and then, as a result, can move up the pay schedule. And so that was the beginning of the partnership with Ian. So you said CAS. What does CAS stand for? Our Complex Area Superintendent. Now, when when he said or she, she said to call Ian, mm-hmm. what was it that she was trying to get you to she, do? Was it already, I mean, was Altino already in the mix or was there, this is just an idea of how to incorporate a tool to further the computer science uh, uh, effort in schools? So she's not a techie person, but when she met Ian, she was impressed by what he had to say and what he wanted to do, where he wanted to take this. She wasn't just the fact that he's so handsome. (laughs) Well, maybe that too. (laughs) (laughs) But she actually told me um, to please get in touch with him because she wanted me or to follow up with him and make sure that we didn't drop this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Terry was, you know, I tell you. If it wasn't for Terry, I, a lot of what we've done today wouldn't wouldn't be possible. Was Terry one of the pioneers? Yeah, she was. She really was. I mean, Terry got involved with us in the beginning part of 2017. And really, the Whoa. first PD3 classes, the professional development three-credit classes that teachers we was that summer of 2017. Mm-hmm. But Terry was with was helping us from the very beginning in order to get those things accredited so that we could offer the first ones in 2017. Mm-hmm. And so Nana Wai and I were really the pioneers in all of this. So, so Dr. Chung, yeah. uh, you've seen the Altino in South Korea. Is it different in how some of our, our local schools are incorporating yeah. it? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how do you see the difference? Uh, in Korea, yes, uh, actually push the student. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's, Hawaii is different because uh, uh, they are run step by step how to work based on the story. It mm-hmm. is most perfectly different from South Korea. You said based on the story? Yeah, story, story. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. So, so Terry, you know, in terms of uh, building the curriculum, it's not the just the programming of the car. You incorporate it in various subject matters. Right. Could you perhaps give me an example of uh, maybe some of the subjects that would get incorporated and in using the car? So we had an art teacher who used the LCD display, Mm -hmm. and the kids coded the display to create their own logo. And then we had a science lesson where students were learning about different um, biomes and what animals lived in those biomes. And so then students were broken into groups, and each became um, a, a biome expert, and they were supposed to take their animal, tape it to the car, and drive their car, code their car to the correct biome. So each mm-hmm. group had a same start point, wait, wait, but wait, wait, a different wait. So, ending point. So were any animals injured in that process <laughs> of tying it to the alternate? No. Oh, okay, okay. Our I just want to make sure. kids great care of the animals. Mm. And then in uh, math, there were a lot of math lessons. So they did mm. positive and negative integers based on the car's movement. They talked about basic shapes. And then we had algebra and calculus teachers also using it with their students. Mm-hmm. But that's above my level of math understanding. <laughs> so in terms of the curriculum and what was developed for the Nanakuli Waianae complex, has that been extended beyond the complex to other complexes? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So last year was interesting because, um, so in 2017, so we so we, we actually did a lot of trainings, even that were non-credit trainings from back from 2017. So summer 2017 is when those first professional development credit cohorts actually got launched. Then last year already, we actually did five of those. And last year is the the year we went to Maui, Kauai, and the Big Island. Mm-hmm. Plus, we did two trainings here on Oahu. And so so we've kind of gone statewide. Uh, we have teachers trained on Lanai, on Moloka'i, um, on all the islands now. And now it's, it's um, we have, I think we have about eight. We actually have 10 trainings that have been scheduled for this year, of which a few of them have actually been done already. And we just started the spring break training. So we just finished the Campbell Kapolei uh, PD3 for those folks. And then today we just started the Honolulu Complex. Um, what is it? Kaimuki McKinley Roosevelt So, so, so Terry, I mean, in, in terms, you're representing the Nanakuli Waianae Complex. How do other complexes know about this? Are you helping to kind of promote it? I mean, how, do, how does the... The viral effect take you know take effect in this in this case. So we try and promote it from different aspects. We present at conferences, and the mm-hmm. most recent one we did was the computer science summit that was held at Iolani, and Ian and I did a presentation where teachers got a little uh, taste of how to work with the Altino car, and then we pass out multitudes of flyers and we send <laughs> links. And Ian's really good about following up with email to people. So I do want to talk a little bit more about the the teacher development, you know, as they 
I guess get introduced to Yeltino and then actually start to develop curriculum for it and, and maybe the roles that you folks play in, in nurturing that process. want to hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Dr. Jung, Terry Hulk, and Ian Kitajima about Altino and computer science in education. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Shamanad University, Inter-Island Solar Supply, and Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, we're talking to Dr. Jung from South Korea, he's the inventor of the Altino car, and we have Terry Hoke and Ian Kitajima. And, of course, uh, we were talking about the Altino and how the teachers are uh, getting introduced to it and, and, and as complexes incorporate this into various curriculum. What is the process by which you help to nurture you know, that, that uh, kind of mm. learning process for the teacher? Well, I mean, Terry kind of brought it up. So a lot of it is marketing. So we will present and talk to teachers. But ultimately, it really is one. It's, it's, it could literally be one teacher or one person in the complex that says, you know, this is really interesting and exciting. We want to do something. And it starts. So my next thing will say, find three days mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. your teachers can all meet for your complex. And that's really what it is. It, it literally starts with that. And if you can't find three days, there's nothing more for me to do. And because I can't organize it. We, we, don't, we don't know teachers that well. We're, we, we're not part of that community. So it literally starts with find three days that your teachers can meet. And so I tell teachers out there all the time, so anyone who's listening, you're a teacher, you want to learn coding, find three days where you can get 30 teachers together. And you don't even have to find the 30 teachers first. Just find three days that you guys want to do it. And do you want it for credit or not credit? And so has that been has that been difficult, Terry? I mean, you know, for teachers or for uh, the you know the uh, complex area. I mean, can they find the three days? What is it? Three working days, weekdays, or is it you know what is it? What is and how many hours in a day do they have to a lot for this? It's a full day from eight to four thirty, and mm-hmm. it's three days. It's really not that hard to find the three days because you can do it during breaks, you can do it summers, you can do it over a series of weekends. Ian and his staff are super flexible, and so they're willing to work anytime, anywhere with anybody. Mm-hmm. Now, Doctor Jung, I mean, yeah. in in uh, South Korea, do you see this kind of um, mentoring and development, or do you think that perhaps there's some best practices you might take back to South Korea? Yeah, actually, I'm teacher teacher in Korea, mm-hmm. so I'm ex- experiencing something to coding to teacher. So and teacher and also professional, I'm teaching too. Mm-hmm. So I'm in this time, I'm learn to impress so many kind of. To me, so I'm bringing back to my country, and I'm teaching this kind of functionality in our teachers. I'm curious, also, uh, yeah. <clears throat> how far beyond Korea is Altino being implemented? Yeah. I mean, I know you you have it here in Hawaii, but where else do you have Altino being used in the classroom? Uh, oh, I don't know exactly. So. Yeah, Artin has so many use in the country, yeah. In in uh, so from India, yeah. <clears throat> um, in I just saw pictures yeah, yeah. from Australia. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, East, East Asia. A lot of East Asian mm-hmm, countries, Japan. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, uh, a little Japan. bit used in, in California, yeah. Oh, yeah? yeah. How, how are they finding out about this? How do they learn about Altino? Uh, well, I think <clears throat> what I've seen before is um, uh, Mr. Jung's company, Seon, they actually go and do a lot of trade shows mm-hmm. around, mm-hmm. around the world. And so that's kind of how I think part of it is how they're getting the word out. In terms oh, of what okay. they're so doing, so they're they're doing outreach. They're doing out, they're doing independent. Their own kind of I mean, on their own, on their own. And the car is primarily uh, useful for the educational environment. Yes. <clears throat> so typically, they'll probably go to educational kind of trade shows, um, and basically look for distributors and partners that way. Like we were probably unusual. Is is. You know, we actually came through our our, our existing business partners, mm-hmm. and then from there saw what they were doing and said, "Oh wow, you know, this is something we really like." To so in Hawaii, play. Terry, I mean, how many schools have already embraced this? Well, that from would be a an Ian question, yeah, <laughs> I mean, from a from a number of schools that that have actually teachers from different schools. Um, I haven't updated the number, but based on what has happened so far, it's probably over sixty different schools already have been. Have participated at some level with coding. Um, we we've done more than s- actually six hundred people that have been had some kind of level of training. But in terms of the actual PD uh, work, it's probably around one hundred seventy five teachers or so, one hundred seventy seven teachers. PD professional profession has yeah. gone through the professional development piece of it, which is either three days, but it used to be six days before. Oh, yes. We recently changed the. The class, and we split the six-day class into two three-day classes. So now the teachers can get three credits for an intro class, and then three credits for an advanced class. No, no, Terry. Uh, I know you're you're DOE, but uh, this is also offered to private schools as well as as well as charter schools. So how does yep. how does that bridge happen? Just from their own interest, as long as they can come up with three days. I mean, yeah. yep, that's all. So it takes. I know Kamehameha Schools has a group that's been trained and that's because of informational sessions that they found Ian at mm-hmm. and learned about it and then they wanted to learn more. And so they just pretty much approach Ian and he's willing to do it for whoever. Now, Terry, in terms of um, your <clears throat> involvement, you've seen it happen over the course of a couple of years now. Can you maybe share what you would consider to be a success? How, how can you measure whether this program is successful. You see it on the kids' faces. Oh, yeah? It's amazing. When we did this lesson with the second graders, and these were the lower second graders of the group, and they just could not keep still. They usually struggle academically, but with the car, they kept trying. Try and fail, try and fail, try and fail without asking the teachers for the answer. Mm-hmm. So that, to me, is a huge success. Now, Ian, in terms of uh, you know getting more schools to sign up, I mean, what would you see as being your benchmark? I mean, do you want to see all the schools uh, embrace mm-hmm. this, or what, what is your sort of goal in all of this? So the the big goal is uh, to train five thousand teachers in Hawaii. Because uh, on average, if, if fifty, if 
a teacher reaches 50 students per year, I just use as a number, then if I can get to 5,000 teachers, train, train them, mm-hmm. then I potentially can reach every student in Hawaii. And that's really what we're trying to do is bring computer science, at least the exposure of computer science, to every student in Hawaii through their teachers. And that's the only way we can scale this. So, up. Ian, in the last uh, couple seconds here, if somebody wanted to contact you and, and get more information about this, where would they go? Just contact Bert. No, so, yeah. I'm going <laughs> to so, put your email in. Yeah, yeah. So put up my email. So you can email me at uh, ikitajima at oceanet.com. Find three days, and we'll come out to your school. Sounds good. I'll do that. And, of course, Dr. Jung is the inventor of Altino. Terry Hoke is the technology specialist over at uh, Nanakuli Waianae. And Ian Kitajima, he's a chief innovator over at Oceanet. want to thank you all for joining us today. Thank Thanks you. so thank much you. for having us. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Bite Mars Cafe. Join us next week when we will find out about the building phase of the Purple Prize. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on BiteMarksCafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at BiteMarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at BiteMarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You stay awesome, and we'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe.